So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type two collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Introducing SN Snapshots, a new photography business started up by SND Podcast co-host Steven. Make sure to follow him on all of social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching SN Snapshots. That's shots with a Z. He can also be reached very easily through his website, snsnapshots.com. So if you need a photographer for any sort of event and or project, contact SN Snapshots now. Welcome to episode 251 of the S&D Podcast Show. Steven, Danny, and Vin are here, and I'm just starting off by saying Robert Manford, worst commissioner in sports. I'm calling it. Yeah. I'm calling it. Gary Bettman can have seven more lockouts and wouldn't be as bad as him right now. Maybe worst commissioner in the history of sports. Like, this is bad. This is really bad. This is, um, this this was making, uh... Bettman look like a prince, and Goodell look like a prince right now. Like Goodell not wanting the bar, that... not wanting um, Portnoy at his to sit with him at a game, looks fine now compared well, to what, what Manfred. <laughs> looks yeah. fine. But but it's you still... had to you had to know you had to know point Portnoy wasn't going to. Well, they be did a background check on him. Right. <laughs> which you knew was going to happen. Right, they legally had to do a back. They weren't going to let some. You know, guy who just got out of jail two years ago go go and hang out in the basement. They were going to do a background check on him. Yeah, of course, and making profiting a lot of money off his likeness. It would have been it would have been different if his background check came back without resulting from things that involved the NFL. That that's all I'm going to say about that. If it didn't oh, involve yeah. the NFL, it may have went the other way, where they would have looked the other way because of it, depending on what it was, of course. But because of the fact that it was arrested for being outside the league office when Brady got suspended, yep. and then the Super Bowl thing, that's that was it. But like they multiple also multiple years took... of Super Bowl, uh, multiple years right. of Super Bowl injections. But they also took his money, like so they don't run background checks before you take people's yeah, money. Yeah, that's the weirdest part of it. That like it should be the first thing you do is run a background check, and then like, you take the your... NFL makes enough money; they should have known. They should have known, like, yeah, this guy can't win, so we are going to put together an effort of, like, making sure he doesn't win. Yeah. Yeah, but what were you going to do? Pay more money than he did? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get somebody to pay more money than he did. You are going to give somebody money and say, hey, here, go pay more money than this guy. Honestly, yeah. I would have thought, like, knowing the NFL, what they could have done. Like, Tony O'Brown, give us your money back. <laughs> want it and then like be like yeah we're gonna have some cancer kids or, or like some make-a-wish kids or now some like social justice like charity and like you hang out with Roger Goodell on a Monday night football game and the press would be a good way to fix the press with that pick whatever celebrity 
you want that's a good face for the NFL. I don't Rob Riggle because he works with Fox, whatever. And just he won, and he's bringing a Make a Wish kid, or he's bringing Chad somebody. And they, and that's it. Or where's Rafi no, bringing no. Terrell Suggs because he wanted the tackle? Chad Ochocinco would be a bad answer, but like. Pick a celebrity. No, didn't he bring? Uh, no, he want the kid wanted Terrell Suggs, but he brought um, Palomalu instead. Or was, was it that? Palomalu? Oh no! Um, oh, that was Josh Cribbs, right? Oh, right, right, right. That was Josh Cribbs. Yeah. For the white party. Still the dumbest thing ever <laughs> that he was gonna think about playing Josh Cribbs in fantasy because <laughs> running a touchdown back in a fantasy football league is not worth seven points. Yeah, but he would have got the punt return and kick return touchdown. He also requested a receiving touchdown in the game. But still, I mean, Robert Matford, or Rob Matford, whatever the hell this guy's name is, needs to go. Rob. I mean, this whole thing is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we were going to start the show with what's on Twitter instead of... It's on Twitter. We both know, we all that, know it's on that's Twitter. What's on Twitter. And it's, that's what's on Twitter right now. It's, it's, it's just... Um, I know I'm not. I know he. No, not a lot of people like him because he plays a lot of characters, and obviously we're in New York, so a lot half the Yankee fan base that doesn't like him. But Jared Carabas had the best idea. Like, it's about prorated. Like, why don't you put the money like back back in the the extra twenty percent in a couple of years or two? You're gonna have to pay that money since the contracts are well gar- fully guaranteed. Well, Just I find said, I said, find a way to pay him. I said, add a year to everyone's contract. Yeah, like that. There, everybody the, gets yeah. one extra year. If you were going to be arbitration, if you were going, if it was like a Conforto situation where it was one more year of arbitration, you now have two more years of arbitration. But still, if you Michael Conforto, you're not going to complain about two more years of arbitration because, let's face it, that guy's a, a 20 plus homer outfielder. Um, and a, a what, Vin? 260 to 280? Somewhere in that area. Right. So he's going to make money in arbitration. So to get him a second year of arbitration will be a lot better than, you know. We're we're talking talking about Conforto and arbitration. To me, and I, I mean, I'm stealing this partly from Dallas Braden because he's the first one I heard say it. Arbitration is the answer. The whole issue that we're going on here is oh, that. Oh, for sure. The league says they think that there was language in the contract that basically implied they would renegotiate if there was no fans. And the, the agreement for prorated was on the basis of if there's fans. So we need somebody to decide if that was the case. If it was the case, we were negotiate. If it wasn't, okay. Just pick your 53 games and let's get on with it. This isn't now, But now they're saying – the players are saying or the league is saying – the players are saying they're going to file a grievance with the league. No matter what the league it, does at this point. If they do this 50-game season, whatever. Right. And the league is saying they're not starting the season if there's a grievance, basically. So I I, I was pretty confident we were going to play. The commissioner said on Wednesday he's confident they're going to play. Well, there was your problem right there. You listened to this and, guy. Well, no, I was confident before he said But I, it's, I don't it's, think it's uh... No, I I've been it's just it's just, it's just, it's just a shame. It's really 
And then the whole TBS thing coming out on Saturday just blew it up even more so. Right, because now it, they're making all this money on TBS. <laughs> it's just like, come on, guys. It's it's, And it just goes to show you it's how sad of a dying sport this is if you're not a hardcore baseball fan like the three of us and all the other hardcore baseball fans because there's no there is no coming back from this unless there's like a second coming of a wave of steroids of something crazy of some sort like this is we were we were too young to really know what was going on in 94 no i actually yeah we we had an idea we knew there wasn't baseball but like the whys behind there wasn't baseball. We didn't, of course, like, understand. We were too young to understand yeah, that. Yeah, I, I really this, started watching in 95. So I, I still don't understand. Right. So, I, like, even even when hockey was in a lockout that year, I was like, what is happening? Yeah. You, you know, you know, when hockey had the, the full season lockout, I was able to research. I was older. I was able to look up what was really going on. I knew what was really going on. With Now it's just like... This makes those lockouts look look annoying, even worse. Because isn't the CBA contract up also soon with baseball? In two years, I think it is. So, yeah, in two so, years. So basically, we're doing this now. We're gonna miss this year. We're gonna have. They're gonna play next year a full season. They're gonna get paid and then go into another lockout because the same exact scenario is gonna happen again. Their players are gonna say, "Hey, we're not signing any CBA until you figure out a way to pay us for the year that we had to miss." The play, the uh, the issues obviously with this apparently run a lot deeper than just kind of what's going on. Like, I forgot who it was, but somebody was saying like, the owners. I mean, it makes sense. The owners have been the owners. The families own these teams, so everything that happened basically from the 1994 to every issue they've ever had just piles up because the owners are the same people. So like it's there's still those grudges being held with the players who run the player the guys who run the players association, and the owners who are the same families that have always pretty much you know outside of a couple sales or whatever. Right. So that, and a couple of the teams, like yeah. a, Right. It just seems like you know okay twenty of the of the thirty or whatever are the same guys. It's just it seems like a never ending never ending issue. And. Uh, I just saw a tweet, which I th- probably makes sense. So, like I said earlier, the, the league saying they won't play if there's a grievance, and the players are saying they're going to file a grievance if they pick this limited number of games because there's enough time. They're doing, like, it's, you know, obviously it's a grievance because they're doing it on purpose because there's enough time to play more, um, to play 60 or 70 games instead of 48 or whatever the heck numbers or 52. I don't know. So. They're either just going to keep sending bogus, like, make, making bogus negotiations. That's just the same 75-80% every single time in a different number of games until we get to the point where there's not enough time for the 50 games, which I guess you could file a grievance about that, too, for you're not negotiating in good faith. Or there is going to be some kind of stall tactic like that to get to the point where they're just going to have to pick that many games. And then they play that many games, but then they, again, like we said, when the CBA is up in two years, now you have to deal with that issue. So I, right, like, and, 
like you said, it's a, it's ongoing issues in Major League Baseball. So here we go. Now the CBA is up. Hey, we want you to pay us for the year we only played half a year. Where are we and getting just, that money? And it's just crazy. Like you guys mentioned before, like this year, like like for example, the Mookie Betts trade. Like can you imagine giving up pieces for Mookie Betts, and he may not ever play a single game. Right. For He's never going to play a game for the Dodgers, maybe. Right. That was similar to what happened in the 30 for 30 when McGuire was traded to St. Louis for half a year. Everyone thought it was just a rental because he wanted to play in California. Right. It's, and But that's also a risk you were taking anyway. But the fact that, like Danny said, you're not going to get any games out of Mookie Betts in Zero. L.A. Right. Hurts the Dodgers him. Dodgers were favorite in the National League. Like Mookie Betts was probably going to be the MVP of the NL. Even if he barely played a good season, you you could definitely put him up there as a possibility. Yes. Yeah, it would have been in the conversation. Like I said, I mean, we've saw like the Braves got shellacked in the playoffs. Like nobody's dominating the National League except for the Dodgers. They were, they probably were going to walk their way to the NLCS minimum. Right. So and, like, and you don't know what was going to happen with the Nationals again coming back off the World Series. Right. And they have no no Rendon now. They lost their best player two years in a row. Right. So like it's just Juan Soto by himself at this point. I, I don't It's Juan Soto and Scherzer. That's it. Yeah. And then I mean Strasburg, whatever. They um, they'd probably be good. I don't think they'd be as you know I but I honestly didn't think they would make make the playoffs, to be I, honest. Uh, in May they weren't making the playoffs, so it didn't anything That's in after baseball. Right. Yeah, all of it. This this also is making like the Astros stuff look look like nothing now. People are forgetting about People it. have no... Well, until this week when it came out that there's a sealed letter from the Yankees, apparently. Um, yeah. But, again, they they got caught for something. Wasn't there something they got caught for a couple of years ago? And it came oh, out Yankees. that it was... Yeah, there was something, I forgot what it was, that they, inve- so, they the league investigated and it came out it was fine. Okay, so the whole sign-stealing thing in general is the beginning of this process of any of this investigation found that like half the league was going into the video room that's like right up the hallway that's supposed to be for instant replay and like checking your at-bats and that kind of nonsense right and using it to go back and look at signs and decode signs which to me if uh, the fact that they're, they're like could be policing in that room never crossed my mind like you just—that's just something you're able to do. We have technology now. You can go if you can sit there and have somebody figure out. You have an iPad on your are. bench, right? Like Curtis Granderson would have an iPad in the dugout. Like you can't tell me that they could just not look at these things normally. But apparently that's allowed. Allowed. They don't want people looking at signs. So now there's somebody in that room that's looking at what they're looking at. So that's apparently what the Yankees are doing. What we're doing now. The issue is. There are reports, and this is unconfirmed things from sources that are saying that in this unsealed letter that is only coming out because fantasy baseball people are suing the league, which is crazy to me. <laughs> but the real, I mean, at this the rate, real, we have nothing to do too. So if we want right, to get on on this, sign stealing crime was the fantasy was the DraftKings people. But I um, wanna, I really, really, really want to hear what exactly could they yeah. possibly be like. They said it's it's not as bad as the other two, and the Red Sox thing didn't even sound that bad. The Red Sox to... didn't even get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
the well, the Red Sox were were using were doing the same thing, but just using Apple Watches to communicate this information. Yeah. The the but the players were weren't report, wearing Apple Watches. There were reports that the Yankees had their own cameras set up, just like the Astros, just to do more. Not like communicating it with like the the garbage can and all that stuff, but they just had other extra cameras you're not allowed to have. Bleacher creatures. And that's apparently apparently what's in this letter. This is a, an un, unconfirmed report. The bleacher that, creatures were the guys giving the signs. It's very possible. That's Maybe it was all part of the roll call. Like, how many times they said your name, that's what pitch it was, one, two, three, whatever. <laughs> um, I don't... I, I, I want to know what the letter in the letter regardless. Unseal the letter. And then, and I'll, if it's nothing, it's fine. Whatever. If it's something... They're saying it's going to cause irreputable reputational damage or something. That sounds pretty bad. I mean, but it's the Yankees. I mean, Steinbrenner was suspended for how long? He was thrown out of Major League Baseball for how long? He was. <laughs> Came back. So that's right. I, they, there are people. The only person reporting that the letter is more of the same that we already know about the Yankees is Andy Martino. From SMY, and we know our, you know our feelings on Andy Martino. He stinks. The worst. The worst. worst. He's just carrying. He literally has a bad back because he's carrying people's water all these times. Especially and he's, he's a glorified troll. Glorified yeah. troll. So I think he tweeted today a fun thought. We could not have baseball for three years, and I was like, oh, that's fun yeah. to you. Interesting. Yeah. Get out of my face. Well, that would just mean he has nothing better to do for the next three years. He'll, well, make, he'll exactly. be able to make fake You don't fake have a job. All, all the time. <laughs> fake, fake rumors all the time. Just. Yeah. Oh. I so, hated him so much when he was on the Daily News. I mean, he's the worst. So that's pretty much baseball-wise so, what's going on. So we're in agreement that there's going to be no baseball. Uh, yeah, I've been saying it. For weeks now, unfortunately, uh, I'm at I'm at eighty twenty no baseball. That's where I'm at. Okay. Cause it's like the fifty games. Yeah, it's still baseball and it's still games. It's just let let them just have a tournament. Just have a thirty team tournament if that's going to be the case. March because Madness. like have them like have a Mets Marlins round league. one like, worst team wins. <laughs> Yeah, I I know it's very crazy to think, but like it should it should be something like that. Like you can't have a fifty game season if you if they go let's say like the the Royals actually have a hot streak for like a unlikely but like a ten game winning streak and they still make the playoffs. Like, we all know if there was a regular season that would have never happened. It would have been right. lucky if they won fifty games, seventy games. The the Seattle Mariners started the season like thirteen and two last year. And us those couple of times the last couple of years when the we started and one red start, yeah. <laughs> Vin, Listen, we were we 50, were the kings of going games. to the end of those streaks. Fifty games is like only a little bit of June. <laughs> That's about where our sweet spot is. So yeah, we, should, yeah. Listen, we start Ju- we start games. in July. Woo! Watch out, Major That's, League Baseball. June never happened. <laughs> we've been we've been yeah. a second half team for two years in a row now. We're only playing the second half. You know Let's what's crazy go. about it? As bad as our Junes have been, I think it's uh, Me- Memorize or Rising blog, one of them. Rising Apple, one of the blogs. Yeah. They've been, uh, They've been talking about like the trades that the Mets have made in the month of June. 
Well, right. And they've all been really good trades. Well, well, the deadline used to be June 15th. That's right. why. And one of them. Is, uh, imagine it... having the trade deadline so early in the season. Yeah, it's crazy. That's like, you're right. Who's, whose idea was that? To put it like. Rob Manford. Probably. <laughs> His father. I mean, they, and then whose idea was to push it back six weeks? Like, that seems like. Would seem like at the time people were like, "That's crazy!" Like a radical thought. To <laughs> Can, you back, like, Can you imagine Twitter? Can you imagine Twitter was around then? This wow. is ruining the game. <laughs> but yeah, but honestly, but the Keith Hernandez trade. It, is, it was the Keith Hernandez. They have trade. it now is perfect. The yeah. way they have it now is perfect because the All Star break. You obviously you don't go and make any crazy trades. And then you have two weeks basically to make a trade. Well, right. the All-Star break is that perfect time because all the GMs are usually at the game. So it's basically, exactly. hey, let's have a conver- let's have a let's go for a coffee real quick at the hotel mm-hmm. and sit down. It's kind of like winter meetings. They're all together. So that's mm-hmm. where you get all the work that gets done. Yeah. Uh, the, the only problem, of course, I've always had with Major League Baseball and trading is that the July 31st isn't the deadline. Well, now it's oh, yeah. the well, yeah. yeah. non-waiver yeah. thing anymore. So the yeah. non-waiver thing was that, always so stupid to me. Right. But yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, the trades—they traded for Tom for Keith Hernandez, as we said. They traded for uh, Don Clendenin, right? Sounds yeah. about right. In '69. I mean, and they traded Tom Seaver too, but that's unfortunate. We don't talk about that one. No. Yeah. Uh, I of... need, I need somebody to do a thirty for thirty on why that happened, because I still don't know why. Well. Nobody's around that was involved. Well, yeah, I guess that they yeah, that they could really speak true. with. Sorry, that they can. Speak and you with. and you speak to all three of our fathers and everybody that's around that that era. And it's just like we like, have no idea. <laughs> that would be like trading like David. Our did he David do something? <laughs> did, did he sleep with the GM's daughter like Brian McCabe I, did with Mike Milbury's daughter? I, is this Ted Nolan and Dominic Hasek's wife all over again? Like, I don't. What happened? There has to be a good reason. Or like I mean, the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers and like the Giants trade like Eli Manning. It'd be like just like what the heck? Like how? There is not enough money. Like. You cannot make enough money. Like you just can't get rid of play- people like that. And then they traded. I mean, they traded. They got rid of him twice because the second time, even though he was done, he could have won his 300th game as a Met, and they just let him go. In eighty, I think that was eighty-five or eighty-four, one of those two years. I don't remember. So what else is on yeah, Twitter? That- um, Ricky else Bush got? got reinstated in the USC. I don't even know what that means. Right, that was last year, like oh last week, yeah. But I, yeah, I still don't honestly, know what that means. That's like the tenth, like a that. ten year, like a ten year thing. So it was a ten year, like band. a ten year band, and he was able to come back. So he right. could be like the guy who puts the sword in the middle of the field next year, if he wants to. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll be yeah. doing the he'll be doing the fight on song after. They beat a random team at, uh, and they meet UCLA, Stanford's. Well, he could be like yeah. the honorary community. captain against Appalachian. Well, if they're good versus Notre Dame next year, if they're good <clears throat> going into the Notre Dame game, he'll be literally everywhere for that because that's the last game. Even, of the if, year it's, for that, so. even mm-hmm. if it's in Notre Dame. 
No, no, it's an SC. I would look today. Oh, this year's an SC. Okay, okay. Do they give him? Does he like get put back in the record book as the Heisman winner or? No, no, no. I mean, with that just... we would. Yeah. It's like what happened with like Chris Weber and the Fab Five. It's like we recognize you now, but <laughs> what you guys did didn't, didn't really happen. But it did happen since we have the video footage. Um, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> there's another college football thing. There's oh, a running yeah, back, Mike, Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy, yeah. What is OAN? That okay? So OAN, I didn't find I I didn't find this out until last week in America. John Oliver, like a month ago. Well, okay. pa- apparently, apparently, it's an ultra conservative news channel, and okay. basically. Basically, Trump loves them, and he feeds into Trump. Like, Trump doesn't even like Fox Fox News really anymore. Like, you know when he goes through the fake news troll job? Like, he was even getting after them, and then they are like, oh, one America, keep up your hard work, and, like, all that other stuff. Apparently, it's Trump's one of Trump's favorite news outlets lately. One American so, News Network. Yeah. I'm just. I I'm, I never read it. I never watched it. I I can't say yes or no, but apparently that's what their that uh, whatever that company is, and obviously how and how this climate of the country is. It's really your team's ninety nine percent African American and everything like with that. You're gonna have to find a way to cater towards them. And want them to support them, I guess, it would be a better way. So it's just one of those, like, all right, well, he's been saying crazy stuff this whole offseason. And, like, like what the running back said, the culture needs to change. And it's I'm not coming back until that happens. So a lot's been going on, apparently. And I think this, obviously, must have been the final straw of all the craziness and everything like that. Well, there's a couple things here. First of all, I don't think this is how you pronounce it, but the guy's name is Chubba Hubbard. Great name. <laughs> yes. The, I the, need I need college football video one, game right now for one that. Of the, so he is one of the best running backs in the country going to next season. That's why he backpedaled. I, I want that Yahoo guy as my backup. Sports. I got a Yahoo Sports alert four minutes ago. Mike Gundy vows to make changes. Because yeah, right, your best... Because yeah. your best running back, your best player on your team is calling you out for your whatever re- reasonings you have. And you're just lucky for he's still living off on the man on 40, 10 years ago. Right. So or Mike Gundy's getting fired. Mike Gundy's a maniac. Yeah. But he has a, such a good goddamn mullet. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Kevin, Kevin Durant bought part of the Philadelphia Union of the MLS. I don't know why that's an important thing. Yeah, but that uh, just means that when his net contract's up, he's going to Philly. I thought that's what they were implying. <laughs> that's honestly what I thought. But he bought a five percent stake in this. Book it. When's that contract up? When's the Kevin Durant contract net contract? I don't know. Up? Isn't it all one year contracts? <laughs> Technically, it's over like then, isn't it? Three year, three year contracts with a one year buyout or something, but opt out or something like that. Kevin Durant contract. Let's see what this comes out to. This is gonna be fun. This guy's got ten thousand contracts. 
He's got the most contracts in sports. Yes, I accept the cookies. He signed a four-year, $164 million contract. But is there an opt-out? There's always an opt-out. There's uh, always – is it after like one year? That's the thing. It's got to be like a two-year opt-out. 20, 2022 player option. So it's a okay. three-year that has a that could be a four because well, yeah. he kicks if, in the fourth. If he was year. healthy, it would have been a two-year thing. This is essentially he, right. He took the longer yeah, con- he took a long contract to make sure he, he would could have also a just d- get himself traded if he wants. Right, and it was a sign. Oh trade. yeah, he could always do that for sure. This guy. Um, this guy made four million dollars. No wonder why they moved out of Seattle. He took four million dollars from a team that was going bankrupt. SpongeBob is gay. That happened the other day too. <laughs> what? But, I'm just but, going... but didn't, it's a sponge. But <laughs> we've always known the undertones of SpongeBob. I mean, if you didn't know this, then that's on you. To be honest, but my but life is SpongeBob different is, now. SpongeBob is the man. So it's, yeah, it just says Nickelodeon celebrates Pride Month with images of LGBTQ characters and allies. Fans were excited after Nickelodeon posted a message for Pride that included images of a few of its beloved characters. One of the images included SpongeBob, causing people to speculate about his sexual orientation. But it's okay. it's like Burton it's like Burton Ernie. We come on, you like you know Burton Ernie. Right, exactly. Excuse me, there was you guys stop that. There, <laughs> Rubber Ducky, also, you're the Ernie, one. <laughs> Ernie could do so much better. Burt was a dick. Honestly. <laughs> Yeah. Er- Ernie, had right. his, R- Ernie had his rubber ducky. Right. Leave him alone. I'm making a hard left here to PS5. <laughs> so I got one today. Did you guys see the picture money. I posted that I got one today? Yes. <laughs> the yeah. memes on the PS5 are amazing. All right. Yeah, it's a router between two pieces of paper. <laughs> no, the one I posted the today other. was the PS3. The, the, yeah. the PS3 taped to a PS2. Um... I mean, I honestly don't care about the way it looks. I mean, it looks cool. It does. But, like, it could have looked like a, a can of, you know, Lysol. It's still a good system. Like, I don't care what it looks I like. I said this on Saturday. The only way I would switch to Xbox if that one officially will open up as a mini fridge. I mean, that's dangerous. Because that's all it is. I can play video games from a mini fridge, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, also, I, I don't know how much it's going to be, like, they said the pre order saying it's seven hundred, but I was also reading that I, it's a uh, no, it's just like a it's just like basically one of those like we're just gonna put a price here and you're gonna pay us like ten dollars right now and we're gonna tell you what it is after the summer. Right, 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 right. It, it's gonna be probably in the because they lose money, we know it's they lose money on systems. You know, you don't make money on the system, make money on the game. So it's probably mm-hmm. I don't know, I would say in the five hundred, like probably four ninety nine is what I'm guessing. Um, and how much is Xbox going to be? That's also a good indicator of things as Again, well. Again, the uh, same situation. I think it's the same thing, and we're not sure. Yeah. I did. So the other thing is how is what they're releasing with it. Now, if you watch the uh, previews and whatever, the, the ads, the Spider-Man game look really good. Apparently, it's not a full game, though. Huh? So, so apparently, uh, one of the things that I read that they were going to do is a lot of games like that they're gonna do these uh the the download stuff 
So basically, you would get the game, would have a story, and every every like month they'll release another part. So games will be cheaper. Is what I, I was mean, reading. It would better know. be if you're Ga- gonna be games would be cheaper, but you're to buy something right. And then every month you gotta buy, or every like two weeks or whatever, See, they're gonna release a new download for another level. I don't know if you guys played it, played the Uncharted games at all. No. Okay. No, uh, in really, that no. in that series, they released they released the DLC for the last one, and it be, and it was like so long that you had to buy a new game. So like it was like a normal game is like I don't know fifty or sixty hours. This DLC was like twenty hours, so it was like a third of a game. They're saying that this Spider-Man game is going to be like that. Like a tw- like a, a shortened version of what the game that they ca- that came out the other whatever a few years ago. Okay. Because originally somebody said it was gonna be a DLC add-on to that game, and they were like, no, but it's like that. It's the same. It's basically like the same thing, but Miles is Spider-Man, and it's well, like, it's an extension you know, of the sh- game that was but already out. It's it's its own, it's, it's its own thing. Right, 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 but right. It's, it's an extension, it's... but it's its own thing because, Danny, I don't yeah. know. Did you play the Spider-Man game? No, not really. Okay, so I'm only I'm only giving out part of this. There are some parts where there's where you're Miles, which okay. is, which is the other spider, which is like another multiverse's Spider-Man, but they like meet in this ver- in this version, right. and then he mm-hmm. kind of like is learning, and then when you beat the actual gameplay and go do the D. DCLs. Miles is kind of annoying him about learning different things and think this and that. So this is going to be the extension of it. I, I guess I just assumed everybody knew who Miles Morales was. If you saw Into the Spider Verse, that's Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Right. Which they I already just, started production on the next one. Which I'm sure will be great. Um, yeah. So I, am I going to get a PS5? Probably. I don't know. I, it took me a while to get PS4. Like I, I probably got it a year but here, later. I'm but here's the, the thing. So, thing. so when they released it, the thing that people don't realize that they released is two versions. They have a one that you can, of course, do the same thing like the PS4, buy games at GameStop, have the disc, all that. They also released a version which will probably be about two, three hundred dollars more. With no disc slot. More or less? More. Because it's going to have to have more room on it. But that's what... So I was talking to my buddy at work about this. Like, that one has to have more memory, right? It has to be, you know, if you're going to be a digital or download. Or different sizes of the system. Like, you can leave one the same price as the regular one with with the disc slot. And then the next speed, next memory slot up would be more. You know, if they if, if it's they were really... expensive, I'm just getting a, one with a disc. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Right, you 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 already just download the games. I download some of them. I buy some discs. It really it depends on like the time. Because really. because of what's been going on, I've been downloading more games. So it's making me realize like I have NHL 20 here. I have MLB the Show here. I'm getting the Tony Hawk remaster in September because they didn't have a a pre-order download. For the download on the PSN, um, which I'm really annoyed about. But if it comes close, if it's like the end of August and I look and I see they have one, I'll probably switch it. But still, 
like I'm definitely moving towards the downloading games and like you said if it's the same price if it ends up being the same price for the same size as the PS4 that I have now with then or I'll without this the then I'll just yeah. get the one with without or I can get if it's the same memory without the disc and the same pricing as the one with the disc I'll just get the one without the disc at that point I the one yeah, I- been, I've been not getting games for a couple years now, so, so I don't play. I don't. I don't play as much as you guys anymore. So right. The games that I do I, buy, it's like one or two games a year, so it's just like that's why. Well, I do. The re- like I was telling Vin when I got MLB the Show, the reason I only got the disc was I had three other games that were in my that I found in my room that were like, okay, here I'm here's Madden. One of them I think was Call of Duty, and like. And, and, like, Roy McElroy's golf, which I wish I never gave back at this point. Um, but the, it ended up – GameStop – I ended up getting the next – not the basic MLB the show, the one up because it only cost me $5 out of pocket. Right. It just made sense. That, that's the, the one benefit. But it's also, like, I do like the – with the download, if you just buy it through your thing, you can – if you turn on automatic downloads, it'll just download it at midnight when the game comes out. Right, right, and then right. But like I said, the, the only next reason... day you come home, you can play it. Right, right. Well, that's the thing. As long as it's on. Well, yeah, you have to set it on the on the the rest mode or the heck it is. But right. when you turn on that and automatic downloads, it'll just go itself. Right, which, um, is, which makes sense because you download the game and then it's got to install the rest of it. So right. you might as well just let it go in the middle of the night, and then by the time you wake up, it's usually done. We don't have to talk about J.K. Rowling. That was... Oof. <laughs> the entire cast came out and said she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about, which is true. Crazy lady. Well, look at the no one has up. ruined our spotlight more than that person. Oh, yeah. uh, probably. There are, there are definitely people. I, I retract Oh, for sure. Thing. There's definitely people, but, but... But she went from this... She went from a, st- a good story... Because of, like, being, like, when was it? The first book was released when she was, like, 40, 35, 40 years old? Yeah, and she was, like, depressed or something. Like depressed, was, like, super you know, broke, like, a, yeah, like about was... to live in a box type of broke. Right. And, like, came out, made her millions, and then, like, she was able to grow an empire because of it. And now it's just, like, okay, back to your box. Yeah, everything she <laughs> says is just... Back to your box, lady. Wasn't Weren't they supposed to release the book, re, new books or something? She apparently wrote like a new. I don't know if it's a, a, a part of the series, but she wrote another children's book in the same universe. I think I forgot. I don't know. She was oh. very protect protective over it in the beginning, and then once they started making the movie, she just gave up. She was like, "Yeah, whatever." And they made the play, and she was like, "Yeah, sure, go." Right. And like she was just collecting the money just, at that point. Yeah, at that point, she it, it was out of her hands, and she's like, "All right, I'm just gonna let this go, and and we'll." It is what it is. I think that's it for. Wait, why is Shake Shack trend, trending? That's weird. Oh. Oh. This burgers are okay. still great. Burgers are great. <laughs> fries suck. No. Fries no, they don't. Terrible. Yeah, they do. They are From so... Shake Shack? Yeah, they're not good. I've had worse. I like them. I like their um, fries. I've had worse, but they're definitely. For such a, how good the. the burger is they could have better fries um it andrew yang the presidential candidate tweeted Yang-gang. that he 
he thinks that no, his sons think Shake or whatever his friend somebody. He says my boys think Shake Shack is better than Five Guys. That's why it was trending. Okay. So what's I mean, the I answer? I like Five Guys better. I'm a Five Guys. I like person. the idea Five Guys where I could do more. I can get more for my money. That's... Yeah. At also, Shake Shack, you're getting shake. you're getting their menu. You're not customizing your burgers. Right, but the shake, shake, shake is really good. Shake Shack. Yeah, if, but, if for me, I'm not allowed. Uh, for me, I'm not allowed to have seeds with my stomach. That is okay. the only downfall about uh, Five Guys. So oh, if you yeah. put Five Guys with Five Guys burgers with Shake Shack a bun, I would I would. Well, I think they, I think shake, uh, Five Guys came out with a seedless bun. Option. Okay. Recently. I have, I haven't been there in a while. It's been a while since I've been to one. It's been a while. And I would I'm, always have I, to double bun it. Yeah. I would have to double bottom bun it. And also, to be completely honest, right. the last couple times I've gone to to Five Guys, I've ended up with a hot dog because their hot dogs are actually really good. Yeah. I mean, they yeah, they like slice the hot dogs in half and like they put like cheese and all like the things that you want in the middle of it. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> um, just crazy stuff, man. This is the last thing I'm going to say politically on Twitter, but ever. What's his his, his no, <laughs> not ever. His name is escaping me in Sons of Anarchy, but um, Clay Morrow. No, the yeah, yeah. Clay. No, Clay. Clay is the guy, Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah, he is all over. He hates Trump. This week. He's fighting with Ted Cruz. He's just fighting with the world, which good. Yeah, for him. He, that's not. Yeah, he's done it forever. He... But then they called him like like they called him out for being a white supremacist for 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 Clay Morrow being a white supremacist on the show. In all fairness, yeah. <laughs> he was like they wouldn't let that was the show. Name. Juice had to run away because his dad was black, and they wasn't allowed in the club. Like that was a thing, right? But and and he was Puerto Rican. An actor, that's the whole point, right? That that's my favorite thing. Like the thing is that like hey, these shows need to be off television because. They don't like these people. I'm like, it's TV. <laughs> like, I mean, we're literally going to have black screens soon. That's it. You're not allowed to watch anything. Can't, the dog, the, the, the kids show where the dogs the are The police, cops. Chase. They wanted to, they, no, they want to kick Chase off. Okay, wait. Speaking of TV, cops and live PD are canceled. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts? Ugh. Also, do either of you know the reason? Like, did, did you see an actual reason? Because I didn't see. There's no actual like, reason. Well, cops, I didn't see a reason. But live, uh, live, I never saw a live, live PD ever. But I heard it's good. Um, I, I I watched the clips on Facebook a lot. Just, I think just... it had something to do like one of the the videos of um, live PD. They had a situation that they dockered video and they didn't tell. The higher authorities, what exactly happened oh. of something of sort? I mean, don't if that's quote me case, to it. I think, I think something to that degree happened with okay. that. I'm, if that's the don't case, hold I'm me good. to it. But I, I right. there's so much to read that you can't digest everything. So it's, yeah. Right. All right, I think we covered Twitter. 
I think we covered Twitter. We'll never cover Twitter. We'll never cover all of Twitter. <laughs> no, that was a, that was a good discussion of just what's happening right now. The SND Podcast channel could be listened to on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, SNDblog.com. We could also be found on all of the social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget, since you love our show so much, make sure to rate, review, and of course, share with all your family and friends. The SD Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. All right, tonight's top five list. Since last week was such a good one with top five former Mets batters, we're going to do the top same list, but top five Mets pitchers of that we must have watched during our time of watching being a Mets fan. So it is obviously since early, uh, mid-90s to, uh, to, I guess, 2015, 2016, or if he was on the team last year. If, Technically, if you wanted one of those guys who aren't on the team anymore, yeah, if you really want like, Zach Wheeler, you right. can have yeah. Zach Wheeler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going he, more he along can, the lines of Logan Barrett, and so uh, yes, correct. The person does not have the person cannot be wearing a Met jersey on MLB.com since God knows when baseball is ever going to come back. So that technically they're Jake. all not current Mets. <laughs> if you want to get technical. <laughs> But, They're all unemployed. So that technically, <laughs> that, so that means no uh, Jacob Degrom, no uh, Syndergaard, no Stephen Matz, Stras, I mean Strollman, and so on and so forth. Wish we had Strasburg. Never became. All right, me too. Um, all right, so I'm gonna start off with my number five. I've been debating to myself all week since we were planning this. Who's gonna be my number five? And I figured. Let's go with the a fun answer. I could have got, given a couple bullpen guys, but I said they all gave me such so much agita my whole life. So fuck all those guys in the bullpen. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna fun pick. I'm gonna go with Bartolo Colon just for the pure pure fact that the couple years he was on the team, he was basically on his way out of the league, but he found a way to be adequate at his job and he made the all-star game in 16 so he he his moments were never dull with the Mets he always gave the Mets what they needed he in the playoffs in 15 he was a great long man for us and if he needed to get a couple outs because the pitching was tired he he was able to get it and uh game one of the World Series he pitched good granted did he lose if he didn't lose he he gave up the runs yeah, he gave up the loss, but he did put in a couple innings after Familia blew it. Um, and we can't forget about his home run, his one <laughs> shining moment as a batter. Um, he was just pure excitement and big sexy. K- KFC dubbed him big sexy, and the legend grew from there. Okay. Um. All right, so I have an interesting one here. Bart's actually one of my extras, but we'll go over our extras later. Mm-hmm. Um, my my pick here was the first pitcher that I remember that I would kind of that I would be like that wasn't a bullpen guy 
uh, actually Generation K guy, Jason Nizringhausen. He he was in my honorable mention. He he was that first pitcher that like when he pitched, I wanted to watch. I was young. It was probably 90, 95, 96 when he came up, ish. You know, I didn't really know many of the players. You know, it's not like now where we could just research all the players. And then when he came back, it was he was out of the bullpen. Um, but yeah, he was he was that guy, one of the original pitchers that I like love to watch pitch on the same here steve so that's my number five then okay um my number five is also bart um bartolo obviously it just uh like pretty much all the reasons danny said a lot of fun uh embrace the fan base the fan base embraced him that whole stuff i just i'll always remember this I'm just I'm looking at his stats from 2014 when he first came to the team. He now it makes sense that when you lose when you get a loss, your ERA is going to be higher, and when you get a win, it's going to be lower. Obviously, in the games he won, he won 15 games that year. He had a 1.73 ERA. In the games he lost, he had a seven ERA. So <laughs> he was very much he had it or he didn't have it. Yeah, and it was pretty much most most more of the same the next year. 2.22 in wins, 6.94 in losses. When he was on, he was there. When he couldn't locate, it was ugly. But he was a lot of fun and really was one of the better pitchers on the team in 2016, a year when pretty much everything else went wrong. But, uh, I mean, yeah, he's just – he'll always have a, a soft spot in my heart. Yes, yes, definitely. All right, Danny, number four. Number four. So this was a tough one because uh, three and four – I've been juggling all, all. So I'll number four. I'm gonna say it because he did not make the playoffs with the Mets. Number three did. Um, number four is R. A. Dickey. Um, just the story of R. A. Dickey, and he was basically a first round draft pick. Throw high heat, just didn't work out for him. He discovered the knuckleball. He went. He was basically a ragabond all across the MLB, minor leagues, you name it, he did it. And then the Mets took a chance on him, and some magic happened. That knuckleball just decided to work for him with the Mets. And some of the best uh, moments recently going to Met games were Dickey starts. And it was awesome to see him win 20 games and win a Cy Young with the Mets and when we were obviously awful and thankfully for him, we got one of the better trades of all time in Mets history because of that one great year. And he, 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 for whatever reason, players just couldn't figure out his style of knuckleball because it was faster than the average knuckleball. And he was just able to just make it dance. And I do have a great story with R.A. Dickey. Um, that year or a year before, um, I usually took my younger cousin, Sean, to games since he wasn't able to drive yet. And that would be our little thing. He would love to go to BP and get autographs. So he would bring all the baseballs and everything like that. So we got there early enough. And R.A. Dickey goes, I would. Lo- does anybody have a baseball, regulation-sized baseball, and I could use to warm up with, have a catch with, with someone? And 
this first kid unfortunately didn't have a regulation size baseball. Sean, sure enough, did. And Aria Dickey and Mike Pelfrey had BP warm-up catch with Sean's baseball. So Sean got an autograph with Aria Dickey in the sweet spot, and he saw all the knuckleball marks, markups with that. So that's why Aria Dickey is number four on my list. Um, unfortunately, he never made the playoffs with the Mets, so that's why he isn't higher on my list. Okay. Uh, all right. I good didn't choice. have anything. Yeah, one that my, was a good choice. One of my, one of my honorable mentions too, and uh, a good book too. If you have time, read his book. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um. So my number four was actually a guy who we got later in his career. Um. It was still really good, and arguably one of the the first real big time pitchers that we got in our lives. Um, Al Leiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, just always loved watching him pitch. Left-hander. Always had that smooth delivery. Um, I don't know, Danny, if you remember his his warm-up song with Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Every game. So there was always an extra connection with that. And just just loved watching him pitch. And I always thought that he was just... I even love him in the in the booth, to be honest. Like, listening to him talk about pitchers. Yeah, he's it's, great with the Yankees whenever he does Yankee right. games. Behind Ron Darling, he's great to listen to when it comes to pitching. He's, mm-hmm. I, And if there was ever a big game, he was the big game pitcher, and you yep. knew he's going to have his arm fall off. And for better or worse, he's he's going to give you everything he's got. And that's exactly uh, – he's my number three, so we could skip my number three now for the same reasons. He's on my list, too. We'll get to it later, but he's on my list. What's Vin's number four? Vin's number four. I don't know if this is going to be controversial. Probably not. You might have him on the list. It's Matt Harvey. I gave him an honorable mention. No, he's on my list. Okay, it's it's just... I, I said this during the time, you know, when he was part of the, you know, the short period we had of all of the aces together. The feeling was always different with him. He was the first one. He had that swagger. He had that attitude. There was always a different buzz when he was on on the mound, even more than Jake. Well, maybe not Jake now and and Noah, you know, at their peaks. But he was, you know, he was that guy. And he might as well have chopped off his right arm and gave it to us for the 2015 season. And uh, for that, he'll always, you know, regardless of all the issues and, you know, whatever off-field stuff he might have made things worse, he's still up there on my on my top five. Yeah, okay. I'll get to him. I'll get to him later. Yep. He is not in my top five. He is an honorable mention of mine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, my number three is Outlier. Um, for the same reason Steve gave. Um, just he was the bulldog of the Mets staff. Um, by the time he came to the Mets, he was good, obviously, but he wasn't. He was towards the decline of his career. But just the few moments, the uh, while the playing game in '99, just going a complete game when we needed to, and a bunch of other games. And actually, um, there was a story today. Um, Mets posted a story of uh, weird, crazy advantage points of where he was and 
the Robin Ventura home run. He was actually warming up in the bullpen just in case they needed someone to pitch, even though he was going to start game six. So uh, he was a, yeah. he was warming up in the pen. So that was a funny like a minute clip of him and Jay Harris talking on the Mets social media networks today. Um, just, yeah, he's a Jersey guy. He played Bruce Springsteen, was his warm-up, um, like Steve mentioned with that. And it's just, he was just the bulldog. The Mets always, the Mets were always in it with him. He wasn't the best pitcher, for, best pitcher, but he always got the job done, even though he would be full counts half the time towards the end of his career. But I digress. Okay. Uh, my number three was Pedro. It's honorable just, mention. Just yeah, just, honorable mention for me too. This, if you take, you know, we caught him at the end, of course, and you and you knew it too because of just just look at ninety nine and look at what he did there for the Red Sox. Um, and then we got him what seven years later, six years later. So, so we caught him towards the back end of his career, and you you saw him went weighing down. 2006, he gave his all, um, but he came in in that 2005 season with Beltran, mm-hmm. and it just electrified everything. You remember the sprinklers going on in the yeah. middle of one of his starts, and he's just like, yep. "I'm just going to start drinking this now because until it's off, I can't pitch." And like Danny and I went, I think it was like early September. This. Mm-hmm. Stand by the Pepsi porch for four hours, waiting to get in, to sit in the bleachers to watch him pitch. I just actually took off my wall today the the Let's Go Mets Pedro K sign. Yeah. That I had up forever. Um, just just always brought the electricity when he was here and the fun. And just like kind of, he was the person who kind of re brought started to bring the Mets back from those early 2000s after the world series 2001 was struggling 2002 all those years up until him and beltron showed up there was like no excitement but they signed him they signed beltron and just he was the electric guy on the mound i think they i mean i could be making this up in my head because it sounds better i think they signed pedro before they signed beltron obviously it was the same offseason but I think, like, timeline-wise, Pedro I think it was Pedro first. first, yeah. I think it was yeah. Pedro first. Yeah, so that was, like, a Beltran thing. was holding out longer to see if he can get more money. Right. And then I just remember that opening, the first game he pitched as a Met, opening day uh, in Cincinnati. Braden um, fucking Looper. Braden Looper <laughs> blew it. But he also, I think he struck out, like, eight guys in a row in the middle of that yeah. game. And also, I think it was probably his first start at Shea, which was... Oddly enough, against Al Leiter pitching for the Marlins at the time, I remember going to it, and uh, it was probably Leiter's first start back, and the Mets won. Somebody hit it. I think it was like Ramon Castro or Victor Diaz got a hit. <laughs> one of those guys. Okay. Yeah, but Pedro's my three. Uh, yep. So my three is Johnny Franco. Okay. Love John Franco. I mean, the captain, obviously, of the time. Brooklyn guy. He's Brooklyn. on my honorable mention. Yeah. Just one of the best dudes. Gave Piazza his number and then and, and wore 45 for Tug McGraw. One of those things we talk about the being, a you know, rooting for the Mets and the guys just getting it. Johnny just got it, obviously. Local guy. He understands it. 
Uh, and the you know most saves of any left-handed pitcher in the history of the league. I know saves don't mean that you know saves are objective, but he was you know he got it done for the most part. And he again during those good years in '99 and 2000, he took a back seat to Benitez, even though. I know we know Benitez wasn't great in the playoffs, but during the regular season, Benitez was a very good pitcher. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Johnny was not bad. He just realized this guy's the closer now, and I'm going to step back and take my role. And it He worked. knew exactly what he had to do. Right. And he, he was the Game 3 winner for the 2000 World Series. So, And he struck out Barry Bonds in that playoff game that I, yep. they show us many times. Met, Barry Bonds at, and, yep. In uh, San, Francisco. San Francisco. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. All right. Danny, two. Number two is The Dark Knight. Um, okay. Basically, for all the reasons you said with Matt Harvey, it's just he was the first one. And unfortunate injuries, either it was self-inflicted or just gave him everything he had. It's what-if game with Matt Harvey, but he also did enough for him to be on the list. Um it's the ultimate. He started an all-star game at City Field. He came back from injury and helped the Mets go to the NL, uh, win the NL pennant. And Game Five was the ultimate bulldog, bulldog type game. Unfortunately, he didn't pull it out in the ninth inning. That will be a debate for as all this time whether Terry should have took him out. Terry should have kept him in. Should have Terry pulled him after the first double. Um, we'll be there for for age of time. But Matt Harvey, you left everything on the field with the Mets, and unfortunately, his ego got in the way of things, and the ending of his Met career was a bummer to say the least. So Matt Harvey is number two for me. Okay, um, I actually have Johan as number two for me. Uh, we made that trade and it was just like, oh my God, we just got Johan Santana. Um, it was just one of those moments that we were just like, wait a minute. Did we really just pull this off? How did we just pull this off? Um, and you know, between being at the second to last game at Shea, watching him pitch the complete game. Thinking there's no way he's completing this game and he comes out in the in the eighth inning to hit. To all the way to um the the no hitter. Just like again, another guy just like Pedro, they brought in here and they and he brought excitement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what I loved about him. So that's my number two. Uh I'm up, right? Yeah. yeah, my number two is somebody we mentioned before. It's Al Leiter. Um, we, as we said, you know, the Mets got him at the end, toward the end of his career, which is true. But he also had his best years with the Mets. You think mm-hmm. he had like a three point four ERA with them, which for that time, especially kind of you know, steroid era, um, was a good you know was a good ERA. We met you, Danny. You mentioned that uh, game against the Reds. Complete game two hitter, threw 135 pitches. Doesn't seem necessary because they were winning five nothing, but whatever. It's a different time. Different time. Yeah. Um, was a was a bulldog as we said. Unfortunately, he was a loser in game five of the World Series, yeah. but he left everything out on the field. It was one of those like, all right, he didn't get killed. It was 
Nubbler by Louis Saw up the middle, and it was just ah. I I do love like you said you we like him in the booth. I like him significantly more when he's like on the panel on MLB Network and yeah. doing like that that on the field stuff they have more than when he's in the Yankee. I mean he's good in the Yankee booth, but I like him. He's explaining and and he's you know through that cutter. Um, yeah, lighter number two. Okay. All right, Danny. Danny, number one. Yep. Um, number one. Johan Santana. Okay. And basically for the reasons you said, and I'm sure Vin can hop in because he's his number one, I'm assuming, as well. Yep. Um, just, I think the best way to put it with Johan Santana is he's basically the left-handed Jake DeGrom before DeGrom was ever a thought for the Mets. Um, he gave the Mets everything he had every fifth day. Um, some days it would be a 2-1, 2-1 lead and he would have to leave the game and he wouldn't get the win or or the bullpen decides to blow it after going the distance and everything else with that. And he, for the amount of time he was on the Mets, he, he gave everything he had and his stuff was second to none. Um from like you said, unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't go to the game because I actually went to Notre Dame that week. Uh, say goodbye. What a good time that was. Uh, say goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> I was watching. I was at Notre Dame and then getting the updates of uh, going to uh, what Johan did, and then actually flying back home, not having my phone on for the ESPN text messages. Not wondering if the Mets are making the playoffs. Then I turned on my phone, and the Mets don't make it. And I TiVoed the pregame, thinking they were going to have the pregame, like every other franchise ever, saying goodbye to Shea. Of course, they don't do it. They do it after the game. I did not DVR it. So I have never seen Shea goodbye. I do not know anything that happened other than the famous photo of Mike Piazza and Tom Seaver shutting off the uh, shutting the center field gate. Don't worry, Dane. That's all you gotta say. <laughs> Do you want to see it? No, no, like no, 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 no. I, I don't. Right. Because just the pure fact of idiot Mets doing something that shouldn't be done before the game, because likelihood we're gonna find a way to blow it. Sure enough, they did, and everybody's just so depressed that the season's over I- and. Our stadium is closing, kind of thing. So it is. But go on. You it, don't want to see. No, it, it is. It, <laughs> no, it is only a Met thing, though, because you said like, they plan these things the beginning of the year, right? Going into that year, we're supposed to be good. If they're if that game doesn't mean anything, and they're good, it does, if it doesn't mean anything, and they're good, and it doesn't mean anything on their base. Well, to be fair, they they were good, and then the bullpen, all the closing, and everybody got hurt in the bullpen, and right. we had Scott Schoenweiss, our closer, the final month of the season. Yeah, right. But so like, nice. if that game is meaningless, whether they have seventy wins or a hundred wins, it's fine to have it after the game. I personally like the idea of having it after the game. But the way it happened, it turned it's into a fucking Mets. funeral, obviously. It's the Mets, so it should have never been that way. Right. It was we wouldn't quietest... have expected it to be any other way, though. I mean, it was the quietest half hour of my life. Nobody said a word 
and but Butler said just thinking, team. all right, I'll go oh. home. I'm mad that the Mets don't make the playoffs. Oh, I got God. the TiVo, TiVo not knowing, and I get home from a long weekend at Notre Dame, which was fun, but I was also got food poisoning, <laughs> so I just wanted to die. Um, I get home, and I'm like, all right, at least I get to say see Shay goodbye. And I have three and a half hours because I like extended it. I have three and a half hours of the pregame. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> See, the, the funny thing about this. Because this was pre-Twitter, early Facebook right. and everything. So you have no idea really what's going on until you actually put it on. And I'm like, where's the pregame stuff? And I go, Steve, where's the pregame stuff? And he goes, it was after the game. And I go, <laughs> You gotta be kidding me, um, but I'm sorry to steal this from Johan. But Johan, it was the epitome of everything unfortunate in that era of things, and he was one of the few bright spots of the the new era of City Field and closing out Shea. Uh, Shea. And of course, being at City Field for his no hitter was a great memory. So that's my Johan memories. Being wanna... being in South Bend, Indiana, finding out that he went complete game and being amped up that the next day is going to be important again, once again. So that's that's my favorite Johan memory. Other I, I want to no say, hitter, of course, one more thing about Shea Goodbye. It, again, I, I don't know if you, you said you never watched it, but you know they, they had the guys walk out from each bullpen. Like every play, they had players come in from Mets history walk in from the bullpens. But then they started with, with like, Yogi Berra and, like, guys from the 69 team. So it's just these 70-year-old men having to walk from the bullpen to home plate. And, like, like the worst worst feeling of it as well. And the worst feeling of it all is we had the Yankee one a week before. I know we're not comparing Yankee history to meth history because – it, that we would get just killed. be stupid. <laughs> no, no, that, that's that's my point. But the way the Yankees did it, and like just the exact opposite, would be the Mets' way of doing things. The Yankees literally started. did it perfectly. Like they started it with Yogi Berra standing at home plate. Yeah, <laughs> with with his pants around his chest, making him walk from right field. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. Um, yeah. It yeah. sounds like a good idea, but terrible execution it's, it's the wrong franchise to do it the only franchise that could do it is the yankees and if they did it they would have won by like eight nothing or Derek jeter would have found a way to hit a walk-off pit like his final game and right. then even better like oh, right they would have been down eight nothing going into the, but again, the ninth the, inning the yankees missed the playoffs that year so they were having they didn't mean anything at the fact that they were <laughs> yes. doing the ceremony whenever they did it they missed the playoffs so it's like it's and I, I, that's why I say the the odds of it coming down to the last game of the season are like, obvi- I mean crazy. So I didn't think it was a terrible idea. Anyway, um, Steve number one. <laughs> so my number Gosh. one. I'm worried. I don't even know who who's left. I don't even know. John Franco is my number one. Oh okay okay. All right, all right. Yeah yeah. John Franco is my number one. Just he was he was the Mets growing up. He was the definition of Mets pitching growing up. He was the guy. He was the guy at the end of the game. He's the guy who expected all-time leader, lefty, and saves still. You know, 
Shout out to Wagner. I think he would have broke it if he didn't need Tommy John surgery. Get hurt. Right. Yeah. If he doesn't need Tommy John surgery, who knows? Um, but, yeah, John Franco was just, like we said earlier, just the per- – he was the David Wright of the Mets before David Wright. Yeah, well, he, he was a yeah. captain. Well, not really just as the captain, but just that guy. Right. Um. My number one, we talked about him already, it's Johan. Um, I'm looking at his numbers now. I mean, he really only pitched four years with the Mets. It was 90, is 08, 09, 10, and then he's out for 11. And he comes back in 12, throws the no-hitter, but isn't that great? Do you guys remember the when they traded for him, the, the window that they had to renegotiate his contract? It was like a week. It was like, yeah, it was, it was like, like a yeah, it was like, take care of yeah, right. And like, I'll never forget. I think it was, it was like three days, I think. And then the three days were up and I was like, my life is going to end. Cause it's like, again, pre Twitter. It's like, like Danny said, ESPN updates, like rushing home from school to figure, to see if anything happened while I was at school. Like, I was like, this is going to be the end of the world. If the Mets don't figure this out. And then they like, they figured out an extension of that time period and they made, they signed it or something like the next day. But like, it was like looking, so close that like his agent was like, Hey, we're this close. Right. We're just it was like, but like, but like thinking of if the Mets almost traded for Johan Santana, but they couldn't get a fig, a contract figured out would have been like, we'd still be talking about it to this day with the craziness. Also, Randomly, I was at a, he pitched against the Mets in 2006 for the Twins, and he That's had a sick. home run. Yep. Or he had a double or something. He had a home run. Funny yeah. thing is, I was at the game. He gave up a grand slam to Felix Fernandez. Felix? <laughs> <laughs> Fun times. Oh. Almost got burnt by the lady with the hot dog. The hot dog lady, because she wasn't paying attention. All hot boil hot dog water almost spilled all over me. Yeah. Oh that was a, that, that wasn't a fun night. I was like, watch out, watch out. And she heard me at the last second. I was like, that would have sucked. So, yes, that wasn't a fun yeah. night. Wasn't a, one of my greater nights at Shea Stadium. Uh, another short Johan Murray. But he pitched, <laughs> he pitched opening day in 2012. It was the first opening day I went to. And he, I think he threw like five shutdown innings and they won. But like that, it was like, obviously, like I said, my first opening day. I like going to opening day. It was cool to see him pitch and, and get come back. That's pretty much it. Yo, it's, the only uh, da- it's the only game you're guaranteed a Mets win. Well, most of the time, yeah. So. Okay. So who do you guys yep. have as honorable mentions? Oh boy. All right, I'm uh, gonna. I'll go first. I'll go first on honorable mentions. Okay, so I have Bart. I have yeah. Bart. I have Turk Wendell. As an sure. honorable mention. Or- because of the necklace and and just like the jumping the and jumping the... and the craziness, uh, Billy Wagner, um, the Rick Reed. I'm gonna give you a little Rick Reed story. So there was a Saturday game. I was out to Did dinner. Did you steal my honorable mentions? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So the Rick Reed story is simple. We went to a, a Mets. My dad and I were watching a Mets Marlins game at a restaurant. I went out to dinner with my parents and. I think it was either the year after the Marlins won the World Series or the year they won the World Series in the 90s. Um, I want to say it was the year after. 
And we made the agreement that if the Mets won, we would go the next day. We went and we scalped tickets, field level, third baseline. And we were standing there, and I'm actually looking at the baseball right now that Rick Reed threw to a kid behind me. And if you guys remember the Shea Stadium stairs in the field level, they went downward. So he missed like it. Like stairs tend to do. Right, but like on an angle. These were on like an angle. Oh, because it came in. Yeah, right. yeah, I see what you're saying. So it was on like an angle, so it started rolling down underneath all the seats. A bunch of people missed it. My dad ended up getting it. And we got it signed by Levon Hernandez. Rick Reed threw the ball into the stands. Huh. Um, and then Levon my final Hernandez. honorable mention is, Vin, wouldn't be an honorable mention without a two-hour car ride listening to Dennis Cook stories. I have to give him an honorable mention. He, he may have not been the best pitcher. But when it's that bad of a game... <laughs> We mentioned this mentioned this before, but I'm gonna tell you a story real quick. Steve and I left them at game early because they were winning like twelve to one, and in the forty minutes it took to drive from City Field, well, probably less than that because it was no traffic in the middle of the whatever. Um, like the half hour it took, Harry Rose told a Dennis Cook story. The story was Bobby the B brought time. him in to intentionally walk somebody and then took him out, and Dennis Cook got mad. But that story lasted. <laughs> Probably two and a half innings the entire drive home. Like, he was still talking about this goddamn story. Just insane. Um, my honorable mentions, you mentioned some of them. Um, we said Pedro, Wagner, Dickey. Rick Reed is also. Rick Reed was, like, my first favorite pitcher. Um, one of those guys who came in during the strike year. He was a quote-unquote scab, if you want to call him that. Um the other one, I think I brought this up to you guys before. I loved John Maine. And I was shocked he wasn't I on thought, your list. Here's the reason why I love John Maine. I went to a game in he 2000. Good. Oh, then that I went to a game, game in 2006. Game. Okay, I went to a game in 2006, and I was waiting. At the time, I was big into autographs, so I was waiting after the game by like the VIP exit, like the it's like the the media exit. And because guys come out there sometimes and John Maine walked out and nobody but me, he went through the whole line, nobody knowing who he was. And then I went, hey, John, can you sign this? I was the only person who knew who John Maine was. From that point on, I loved John Maine and I thought he was going to be great. And then he pitched that great game in 07 and then his arm fell off and all the rest is history. He also pitched a great game before Tom Glavin in 07. Yeah, that's what he had. Oh, in 07, he also homered that year, if I remember correctly. Was that the year he homered, too? I think he he homered in the in 06, the first year. Um, I also wanted to say Dwayne Sanchez, but it was too painful. I'm not bringing that up again. No. But I did no, I did love Dwayne Sanchez for those first couple we months. We don't discuss that. <laughs> Danny, honorable mentions? The honorable mentions I have are the following. Um... I have, uh, who do I have? I'm trying to think. I have, I have, um, Rick Reed, like you mentioned. I have Franco, um, for the same reasons you guys said. I have, um, Isringhausen, because he, like Steve mentioned before, with Isringhausen, he was the first guy. Like, his name was so awesome and long, and then I'm like, oh, like, it's hard not to remember that guy's name. You went with mine. Um, <laughs> Well, it was part of it. Like, was one your first met? Like, you remember right. and you watched them. Same reasoning. 
Um, who else? It's like I really hated the relievers. Um, the only reason why people like Turk Wendell is because of his shark uh, bracelet, uh, necklace. Big deal. Um, <laughs> uh, who else? There was another one. I didn't like John Main. I couldn't stand Oliver Perez. I did like Pedro. El Duque. Uh, El Duque. Yeah, he's he's not on my honorable mention, but I'll, and those I, I know for his one bad start. But Tom Glavin was pretty underrated for the Mets as well. But for that one that one bad start is a reason he's on the honorable mention and not on the actual list. So. Vin, anything yes. else, guys? I think that's it. Um, yeah. Danny, good. Met talk. Uh, no, that's it. Thank you guys once again for another good show. And um, what 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 what, what do we want to do next week? We want to hint out next week. Oh, show? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we we kind of started planning out two fifty two. Um, our top five. We're gonna we're gonna figure out how we're gonna do it exactly, but it's gonna be top five players of teams we never we didn't root for. So they can't ever have played for the teams that we root for. We don't know what sport we're doing yet. But we haven't decided if we're just going to we'll, do we'll, we'll sports do or one. Of them. It may be it may be more fun to split it up. Yeah, we'll do five weeks. I can't forget about soccer. But... Yeah. <laughs> now that Baseball Kevin Durant owns this, we can do. Does Jerry Garcia count? Is that what the guy's name was? Aaron Garcia. Sorry, Aaron Garcia. Does Jerry count? Garcia. <laughs> Aaron Garcia, does he count? No, Aaron Garcia. Oh no, I rooted for the Dragons. Sorry, Long Island Dragons. Yeah, the Dragons <laughs> were your team. The Grateful Dead guy. I went to one. Count. I went to one game. It was fun. Danny, one who was Dragons the, game. Danny, who was yeah. the middle school football coach that had the tickets? Oh, I don't know if he had tickets. I think he just had it one time. Uh, coach L. He looked yeah. like Ron Jeremy. He did. Great right. guy. No, I got him. Yeah. I want to say a couple of times. Yeah, I, he never offered him to me because I was always busy getting coached by him in basketball and football. So. Right. And so yeah, because of that, I got to go to football games. So Coach L was an awesome guy. He's a great guy. But when I tell you, he looks like Ron Jeremy with the mullet and mustache. I, I recently found my middle school yearbook. I'm going to send the picture out in our group chat. Yeah, he looked like Ron Jeremy, and you know, he was run, the running joke in the locker rooms was that he looked like Ron Jeremy. Great guy, though. Great, awesome human being. Big Giant fan. Um, yeah, so, yeah. He, yeah, that's cool that he got you tickets to a bunch of games. I remember getting him a uh, Giants uh, NFC uh, Champions t-shirt in eighth grade for Christmas gift or whatever. Thank you, gift. Um, yeah, because... I think I, I went to, like, one or two games. It was just that. And then, like, I think, like, senior year, Jason and I went to a game. Just because, like, yeah, what else were we going to do? <laughs> I, uh, I think I went to Good. I went to one with Alan Goldberg, Steve. That's the only time I, I went. I think the one. reason I went to the game senior year was I think it was either it was either senior year or, or junior year. Um. May may have been the lockout year that they gave like tickets away to season ticket holders, like one or two games. 
Yeah, like, that's hey, why can I you come help Alan, us, Phil? That's why I went with Alan Goldberg. I I went uh, I went twice. The first time I went, you know how they would let you go on the field and get the autographs after the game? He wasn't out there the first time we that, went. That and dick. I was like, I was heartbroken. Heartbroken. <laughs> the second time he was out there. And my dad, like, told him about it. Like, the, about the fact that it happened. He was like, oh, man. Like, I'm sorry. Like He's a really cool guy. And then he signed whatever I fucking football and, I had. And now he probably works at, like, a McDonald's somewhere. <laughs> I don't I, – the man threw, like, 700 touchdown passes. I hope he has a job somewhere. He definitely doesn't have a football job by now. No, I'm saying, like – like a coaching, a, co- a football, like he could be a coach at this point. Aaron Garcia. Let's see. American football. Wow. So he started in 1995, by the way, and played for yeah. the Arizona Rattlers, the Connecticut Coyotes, the New Jersey Red Dogs, the Iowa Brainstorms, the Orlando Rage, the Dragons from 2001 to 2008. But he was also. A practice squad player for the Niners in 2002. He also played for Jacksonville Sharks from 2010 to 2011. The last time he played was 2014. He was a coordinator. He was the head coach of the Outlaws in 2015. Right, so he kept coaching after he... But that looks like that's the end of his... Uh... That's the end of what they have. <laughs> he probably He's paying enough money where he can retire now. Hopefully. So, he went 5-12 and 12 with a tie <laughs> as a coach, as a head coach. And then the team folded that, that, same, that same summer. How many touchdowns did he throw? <laughs> Career-wise? He threw 1,336 <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> He also ran for 46, Vin. Give him his 46 rushing touchdowns, sir. This man is... Oh, man. Okay. He had a 63 complete percentage. That's... I mean, that's pretty good. He had a 115 quarterback (laughs) rating for his career. He was a fucking beast. All right. I think that's it. We, Why we is he mention, not getting hung up in the rafters in every we arena? We got to mention they should put him up in the Coliseum right now. We got to mention Aragon. So yeah, I think that's it for today's show. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all of that good stuff. SNDblog.com, all the other podcasts we have. Thanks, everybody. That's the sound of a day starting out right. I hear it every time my new Toro Z-Master 4000 Zero Turn starts up. With big-time horsepower, giant voodoo track tires, turbo-force deck, and comforts like MyRide and USB ports, it's fully loaded to mow all day long while delivering that signature Toro cut. From start to finish, this beast means business. Get your Z-Master 4000 today. Toro. Count on it.